I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal. Real, honest, and meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. Carolyn Childers and Lindsay Kaplan are the co-founders of Chief, a private network focusing on connecting and supporting female leaders with a mission to accelerate women's presence in the C-suite. Carolyn and Lindsay took inspiration from what they wish they had for themselves, and the result is an exciting new venture that's challenging both of them in ways they never anticipated. I want to talk about Chief, obviously, but I kind of want to go back and hear how, you know, how did you two connect and, um, you know, what was sort of the impetus behind Chief? Yeah, it came from a really personal place for us because we were getting into more senior positions um, and we realized how much of our time was being spent mentoring others and managing others and actually felt this void for us. Um, And it's a little ironic because it's also that moment in your life where you are making decisions that have more impact and work and life are becoming more challenging. Um, and yet that's kind of this moment in time where you don't have a great community and support. Um, and we're pretty inspired, um, which I had talked about the last time. Yeah. I mean, by, when, when you're, at, when you're at the top of the chain, yeah. there's a, you know, who else do you talk to? Exactly. Well, not only that, but as a woman, you want to mentor. You want to take all of those coffees with people who are asking for right, your you time. You say yes to everything. Say yeah. yes to a lot. Because you're going to fix it all. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to fix it. You're going to take care of it. Yes. You're going to mentor everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I looked back at my calendar and realized I had months of coffees and meetings and lunches and giving people time that they asked for me for help. And I hadn't asked anybody for help. And I was at a place where I was the vice president. I needed to figure out what I was doing next in my career. Mm -hmm. And I kept giving, giving, giving. And there wasn't really anything easy for me to access to quickly and succinctly get for myself. Someone gave me this advice years ago um, who was – her calendar was filled with helping everybody else. Someone said, look at your calendar and color block it. Mm. So let's say, you know, color block for your children – blue, you know, and then you color block orange for the time that you run your business and red for the people you help mm-hmm. and green for the people you help, but don't help you. And she said, I realized that like 60, 65% of my calendar was that green, mm-hmm. that I was getting nothing out of helping these people. And it really made an impact on me. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I even know now it's like, I'm in a point where I'm like, unless this is going to be helpful to what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have these conversations because it's draining and then you end up not doing your job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of amazing networks for women, but because they're open to everyone, they tend to skew more junior. And so there's actually not a really good network and community for this more senior woman profile. As women are becoming bigger and bigger at the senior level. Yeah, exactly. They're not fast enough. (laughs) Listen, nothing is ever fast enough, but I think that I just saw yesterday that the amount of women that were funded this year was really a tremendous difference from last year. And I was like, wow. So you're right, not fast enough. But then sort of when you get there, you're like, oh, okay, we're here. Yeah. 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 It's budging. 
It is budging. And I think for us, we we were looking, we were really founded under a mission of trying to drive more women into the C-suite faster. Um, and you talk about a pipeline problem, but there's actually 5 million women who are at a VP level and above. Um, in this country alone. In this country alone, in the US. Um, and that was where we wanted to go and build a business of how do you take this these people who are right on that cusp and like get them over that hump, get them into the C-suite, and then support them when they get there. Um, and so uh, and it, it allows for those women who are giving so much of their time elsewhere to actually be giving time in a way that's mutually beneficial that is, is harder to find. So were you both in corporate America, basically? We were both in startups, actually. In startup. Startup yeah. America. Startup mm-hmm. America. Okay. But like, but like B. that. <laughs> <laughs> like series B, series C. So, so it was later, a, stage, later stage. Right. Which um, is a very different spot to be yes. in. Yeah. And, and what, there is real corporate, you know, responsibility. Yes. Yes. And we actually, as we started to plan Chief, assumed that based off of our network. I love the name. Thank you. <laughs> the original cohort would be mostly people like us because yes. we are startup people. Um, and it turned out this is a universal need. And so when we assumed there would be, I don't know, 50, 60% startup VPs, it ended up being um, a really wide range of industries, roles, and actually 40% of chief members are C-suite. So it doesn't in many ways, it doesn't surprise me because if you go to some of these conferences, and we have all been to them, the ones that are geared towards supposed startup founders, when you're charging $3,500, who mm-hmm. actually comes is people that are inside organizations that can afford it, mm-hmm. that are startup type personalities mm-hmm. within their organizations. And so- it's not the person who is did a you know series A or series B because they can't afford the ticket. Yeah, I think there's also a lot of optionality for mm-hmm. startup entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I think that is actually a, a relatively well served community. Mm-hmm. It's when you start branching out to VPs, when you start looking at more corporate women who are VP through CEO. That's where you're not seeing as many conferences. Or you're seeing things, again, that are industry-specific, where they end up being the speakers at the conference, which is great, but, like, who are they listening to and where are they getting advice from? I totally agree. I mean, you know, as you know, I put on this conference for years, the Women's Entrepreneur Festival, mm-hmm. and I always thought that the success had to do with the people in the audience were not that far behind the people on the stage. And so mm-hmm. they could look at those women and say, I can do that because she did that. Mm-hmm. and. I'm only about 18 months behind her versus these events where they put women on the stage that are so far ahead that everyone is like, like listening to every word that woman says. Um, but then, you know, there's no connection. Mm-hmm. And so it's the conferences where I think there's a real connection of community that make the most sense. Mm-hmm. So how, where did you both meet? So we actually met at a women's event. That It's funny that we did end up meeting at the Coat Check mm-hmm. that evening. Um, but we also left there thinking, man, I'm never going to see these people again, or I have to go out of my way. I spent two, three hours now of my night going to a women's event. I didn't get that much value. And now I have to proactively go and do more work to stay engaged with these people. Right. So it was actually a really interesting way for us to start thinking about how do we actually connect people in a more meaningful way? 
that has a regular cadence and that creates a really strong network. So it takes the burden once again off of me to do even more heavy lifting. Um, but it's a vetted, it's a vetted community that has regular programming that takes the guesswork out of it. I totally get it. So it's seamless. I mean, that's the whole thing with that conference you went to. There was no interaction with other people. Yeah. Right. And so you're making it so that you can literally it's almost like a country club in the way that if you're part of that country club, you should be able to call anyone in it and they should feel like you were heavily curated, you were at a certain level and you've had a certain amount of experience and you know, you're gonna take that call. Yeah. It yeah. reduces that question of I'm gonna go to the event, I'm gonna take a night from my week. I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Because very often we've all gone to events where we're like, Well, that was a wash. Yeah. I think the other thing is the, Unfortunately, the, the yes. type of programming <laughs> that we do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think when you bring people together for a dinner, and we do have some, you know, small dinners, um, you know, uh, we had one this week with Andy Dunn and Mickey Onverall, who's- Andy's been, great. Yeah. and I mean, I love his, what he's done. Yeah. Mickey, his predecessor. At, yeah. Um, and at Bonobos. So we had like a small dinner, but most of our program is actually much more focused around leadership development. Okay. Very inspired by YPO, Young mm-hmm. Professionals, uh, Young Presidents Organization. Which has how many men in it versus women? 90% men. Holy moly. Yeah. So it's, it's not their fault. No, it's not. YPO is a reflection of what presidents and CEOs look like in America. Yeah. So, you know, I think YPO has taken great uh, strides in trying to correct that imbalance. But at the end of the day, that is what America looks like. Yeah. Well, it also has to do with building a brand mm-hmm. and the mission behind it. And it's very hard to change a culture in a company or an organization when it's always been men oriented because that's what they serviced yeah. to then all of a sudden open your doors and say, how do we get more women involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they do. They're doing a lot of efforts now to get more women involved, but Again, some of their programming, they will do um, you know Off events course. that yeah you know that just aren't the places where women particularly like to go. But one of the things that they do very well is what they call forum. We call our core groups. It's that peer group model. Okay, um, and that's truly like your. We, they meet on every four to six weeks with the same group of eight to ten individuals. Yes. And like, that's where really deep connection forms. Um, and it's a lot harder to do that if you're just doing these one-off events. Um, Completely. And you don't know if you'll stay in touch. Well, it's almost like, I don't want to dismiss going to business school, but I think one of the best things about business school is that you go to business school and you meet these people that are all of a kind because they've made this decision to spend two years of their life in the direction of their career, take a step out, go to business school, mm-hmm. and you have connected with this group of people that you're hoping from a connection that you're all going to move forward together in your careers. Yep. And you're going to decide who you respect in that group. And hopefully there's 10 of them yep. you know, that yeah. you can call on. Yeah, exactly. We have often joked um, that we should be a disruption of business school, that you would rather come and you know, build your network um, and continue le- continuous leadership development through something like Chief than... Mm-hmm take two years out of your career and uh, a whole lot of money. We do have a handful of members who were deciding to go back to school and then realized they could get a very um, similar amount of value from joining something like Chief. I think, you know, it's interesting. Um, You know, I have uh, three kids and they're all adults. You know, my oldest daughter is an artist, so it's a very different sort of networking situation. But my middle daughter who has... 
um, been very thoughtful about her career and also very thoughtful about networking and making really good connections and becoming part of an industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and perhaps she learned that sitting around the kitchen table, but I think a lot of people don't understand the value of that, which is, you know, writing an email after you meet someone, making sure that you say, hey, I just want you to know I moved jobs or, you know, I saw that you just got promoted. Congratulations. Th- to create that network around you for most people feels maybe not authentic and not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're part of an organization like Chief, it's sort of, it, it, it takes those barriers away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all on you, as you said. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as a as the introvert between the two of us, uh, you know, the idea of something like Chief is amazing for me because I'm not somebody who's going to go to a conference and just be able to walk up to everybody. And I think that that's the beauty of how we create events, how we create these core groups. It just allows for situations to arise that allow for the right level of, of conversation and engagement that makes you want to keep in touch with somebody afterwards. Well, you know that the people in that room are your peers. Yes. yes. You know, when you go to these events, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm here by myself. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of know who those people over there, but like, can I go enter that conversation? Or, you know, how do I network here? I'm like, mm-hmm. literally came solo, which is, I think, why a lot of women prefer to come to these events with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in addition to the benefit of networking, also just having the support system, knowing that you are in a time in your life where you are making huge decisions, where there are many other factors than just what's happening at work, right? There's your home life, there is uh, dealing with um, sick relatives, there's so much happening with you. There's divorce, there's dating, there's egg freezing, that as a woman, to have a group of people to really support you and help you work through those career decisions, but know the whole you is incredibly important. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you get a bunch of women in the room together that can talk about something as stupid as like, I have kids at home. I don't even know how to, you know, get food in my refrigerator. And like, when do you have time to go shopping for clothes? I mean, Mm -hmm. these are things that sound silly, but it's part of life. And women like to have those conversations because it validates how difficult it is to be a full-time working woman with a family or not a family or parents that are sick or whatever the issues are that yeah. you're not in, you're not in it by yourself. Yeah, I think very often the business question is often the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. and until you understand really what's happening both in your office, your life, your career, what brought you to the decision that you have to make today? You can't truly understand how to navigate that iceberg, if Mm -hmm. you will. And so having that room, especially with a trained facilitator who's an executive coach with you to guide the conversation, we found that people are thinking of this as part career coaching, part having a personal uh, board of directors, and just feeling heard for the first time in years, feeling like they can take off their armor and just feel heard amongst contemporaries and peers. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing how much um, variety of benefit we are providing through that experience in a short period of time. I'm one sure of the, the feedback like, has been incredible. Yeah. Like you're time starved. Um, and yet in a short period of time, you're building a really deep network. You're learning more about yourself. Like there's a whole lot oh, of self-discovery. Sure. You know that you're feeling less alone. You realize everybody else is going through the same things. And you were getting real practical day-to-day advice on how to tackle some of the challenges that you have. Um, so, so after you two met yes. around the coats, 
thing. <laughs> so then were you just started this conversation? I mean, how did that happen? And where where were you both then in terms of your careers? Yeah. So I I think the I started to noodle on Chief first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that I realized really quickly um, – Unfortunately, like the idea of a women's professional network has a little bit of a, a, a connotation to it that feels corporate and stodgy. And it's just, it doesn't feel like the type of brand that you're like aspirationally like want to be involved mm-hmm. in. Um, and so I reached out to Lindsay basically for help of, you know, she was one of the first employees uh, at Casper and really helped to develop uh, a mattress company into something that, uh, again, feels a little bit of like... A- Carolyn thought if I could make mattresses cool, <laughs> the cringiest of all consumer products. <laughs> you can make a women's professional network cool. Yeah. Um, and so we started to work together um, under that context and realized we wanted to make it more official um, and have her come on as like a true co-founder. So I stole her out of Casper. That's um, amazing. So you spent your whole year in start a whole career in startup land? Um, I started my career actually in publishing, did a stint in advertising, and then worked at a few different startups before uh, starting at Casper. Pre-launch, talked to the guys about their yeah. mattress company um, and decided that I loved the challenge of reinventing something. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke with Carolyn, the idea of reinventing powerful women was so exciting, right? And it's even more challenging than reinventing a mattress because look at what we have to deal with as powerful women. Look at Hillary, look at Elizabeth, mm-hmm. right? And so that felt like the ultimate brand challenge for me and um, lifelong feminist. I just fell in love with the idea of personally getting support and feeling like I could be a part of this vetted network of amazing individuals. And it's a really nice balance. She likes to say that I am the suit and she's the creative, which I don't think is a big compliment Uh to me. (laughs) I've also said you're the brains and I'm the soul. (laughs) Which makes me sound like a heartless. Which makes me sound stupid, when in fact I'm very, very intelligent. Um, But my background, I was also in startups, but much more from the operations standpoint. So I started in bigger companies, but post-business school was at Quidzy, um, where I joined to launch and run Soap.com. Um, I then worked for a few years at a company in, in uh, South Korea called Coupong that is now the Amazon of South Korea, and then most recently had been at Handy, um, running up all, all of operations for them. So it was this really nice balance between the two of us of um, I'm a little bit more of the operations mindset and how to scale it, and she's the how to make sure that people fall in love and emotionally connect. So how do you both feel about being, you know, if, if you look at statistics, women tend to start become entrepreneurs later in life. Mm. Perhaps it has to do with being very thoughtful about our, your careers. And when you're ready to jump, you're ready to jump. You want to have knowledge. You want to make sure that you actually know what the hell you're doing mm-hmm. um, versus men who tend to like, you know, jump in feet first and know jack, um, <laughs> you know, for whatever reasons. You know, how does it feel for the first time being entrepreneurs? And were there things that you were like, wow, we had no idea? I... um I would like to go back and apologize to every founder that I ever worked for (laughs) and say, like, I'm sorry if I ever made your life painful because it's definitely like there's it's it's harder than I think we both anticipated. I apologize for nothing. (laughs) All of those founders deserved my. (laughs) Um, But I definitely think like you don't realize the breadth of everything that you're you're going to be covering and how much when it is like your business, there's just such a more 
emotional journey that you go on and wanting it to be as successful as possible. And um, I think that there's much more like a mental and emotional thing that I realized. But I, I also look at it and think, I at various moments said I wanted to go and start my own thing. I would be um, disappointed if I were to retire and not have actually gone and done it myself. Interesting. And mm-hmm. I am definitely skewing up in the <laughs> in the age for an entrepreneur. Um, and I do think it ties back to um, a little bit of what you were saying of I was kind of checking the boxes of I need to learn this, I need to learn that. At Quidzy, I was much more marketing and merchandising. And then I moved over to operations to know it all before I went and did it. Um, and if I look back, I definitely feel like I should have made the jump sooner. I wish I had made the jump sooner. But timing in life is everything. But timing in life is everything. And I think it's partly finding the idea that you feel really passionate about. I agree. And like willing to dedicate your life to. And the co-founder. And clearly oh, the there co-founder. there you go. Clearly the co-founder. <laughs> God, um, it's all about the co-founder. Well, you know, women co-founders, and again, this is only from my lens, it tends to work really not seamlessly, but there's not any like, you know, mishigosh and big mess and all that kind of stuff. Because women are, I think in many ways, a little more respectful of each other um, when it comes to this is my space, this is your space, and we are going to be very respectful of each other and and and, uh, and think that, you know, you're great at what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we have really complementary skill sets. We will often get into a really interesting, meaty debate. We always end up agreeing, but we get to that conclusion in a very different way. But Such I, different ways. But we I find that conclusion really yeah. validating. Yeah. yeah. We get there yeah. and I come to it at a very gut-driven, emotional way and you use actual data and analysis to get to that <laughs> yeah, decision. I'm more, I, I'm more in your camp. I'm purely yeah. like gut. I'm pure gut. She always gets there, which is great because it validates my gut interest somehow. Um but it's been it's been a really great partnership because we have such different skills and yet we both have the startup experience, have the work experience to know that I think there are a lot of mistakes we easily could have made that we've been around the block long enough and yeah. you know we are in our we've had both different experiences. experiences. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And so the, it's it's a so how many people have joined Chief so far? I think we're at 700. Okay, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And is it across the country women um or more in urban cities or is it just We're just New York City right now. We're just New York City just right now. Just New York City and we just launched in January. Wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. That's a pretty big number. And so you're charging an annual fee. Yeah. And there's opportunities from um, dinners to events towards, um, you know, there's basically four services. content. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's four main services that you get as part of mem- membership. The okay. first is that core group experience, that peer group experience. Okay. So that is every four to six weeks, you're with an executive coach and eight to 10 of your career contemporaries. And that is definitely what we anchor in. That is, it's called core groups, core for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. the primary thing that I think people are joining for. Um, The second is more of the ongoing events that you can opt into as many or as few as you want to. Right. Um, And they kind of fall into two different categories for us. There's um, those that are a little bit more workshop oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these women don't have enough time to go do a GA course. No, totally um, not. <laughs> but, you know, you can come for a two-hour media training, um, and it's like a really helpful, you know, ongoing sharpening of your knives opportunity. 
And then the second category in there is a little bit more fun and social. Um, Like we had Whoopi Goldberg at our launch event, the dinner that I was talking about with Andy Dunn and Mickey on like both of those are just things that are much more community building. We also have a monthly poker night. It is very well attended. (laughs) That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Carolyn runs the table. I'm kidding. It's not real money. Yes. Um, so that's the second service. The third is that we actually do have a physical space. Um, so there's a clubhouse down in Tribeca. Um, it's open 8am to 9pm. The reality is like most of these women have offices. So this Mm -hmm. is not a co-working space, but it is where those first two services can actually happen. Um, and I think- How big is the space? It's about 5,000 square feet. So it's really, you know, your wing essentially. Um, but it's for chief- it's more of a of a smaller lounge. Okay. So again, we yeah. want to make sure that we can have a space so that after the core group, the core groups meet there. And then afterwards, you can stay and talk. You can have a cup of coffee totally. or a glass of wine. Um, but during the day, there are not a lot of members using it. It's more of a light amenity that if you want to stop by and take a meeting, um, it's not a co-working space. We, you know. Yeah. We often say the idea of a network or a community feels a little bit amorphous, that we wanted to ground it in something physical. Yeah, um, I agree with that 100%. And so I, that's the main catalyst of us wanting to do that. But we still believe our main product is the community that mm-hmm. just has a wrapper of yeah. space, um, where I think you have a lot of other spaces that are anchored in co-working when the space itself yeah, that are then state. trying to create <laughs> community around it. Right. Um, and we're the opposite. So right. even as we think about, you know, and we are actively thinking about our next cities, we will probably have one clubhouse in each of the big cities, um, but we would never have more than, you know, one in, in your big cities. That makes total sense to me. Like the yeah. Harvard club model, right? Yeah. Like you are a Harvard alum. Mm-hmm. You can stop by and use the space, right. but the space doesn't get bigger, nor does it need to as alumni grows. Yeah. Uh, You might find, you know, in the future that, you know, you've got, you can come and have lunch there. I mean, who knows? Yep. Yeah. Um, And then the last is the digital community um, and being able to connect and take what might be a one to two times in-person interaction with Mm us Mm -hmm. um, into a, you know, one time per day. And it's been really interesting to see how that has come to life where you can connect with your core group on an ongoing basis, but then you can actually connect with the broader community outside of that. Just curious, what's the average age? It's 40. Okay. Yeah. Right. Not surprising. Not surprising. It's actually extremely cool. That it's 40. Yeah. Because if we think about all the new brands that are being launched that are um, – or the spaces that are being launched, mm-hmm. the reality is they're not for 40-year-olds. They're for people 35 and under. Mm-hmm. What happens to 35 to 40-year-olds is a whole different story. But it it is – that core. And if you even think about brands that are being built today, the people that have the money are actually 40 and older. Yeah. We are <laughs> thinking more about the zennial than mm-hmm. the millennial. Yeah. 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. And so these 40-year-old women who have, you know, in many ways elbowed them, themselves up to that VP level or C-suite level um, because they were smart and they were, you know, they went to a great school and their parents were like, you can do anything you want to be. They're sort of missing out on what's happening now. And so you're giving them really a brand new um, space to connect in. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, and, and those are the women that are sitting in this VP above pipeline. But we do not want to wait decades to see more women in the C-suite, mm-hmm. right? There are women that are qualified to be there and stay there today. And those are the women that we're focused on. Yeah. Well, you could also even down the line think about here's the people that belong to this organization across the country. Why aren't people going to us and saying, you know... We want. We need more women on on corporate boards. They're yeah. right here. Yeah, we think they will. Yeah, I, I think I would that's think, our goal. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally get it. it. Makes complete sense to me. And change does like generally starts at the top. Um, and so getting more women into those um, C suite positions, we believe will have the biggest impact within corporations mm-hmm. um, versus trying to build it from ground up. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. No, it has to come from above. Um, and. Um, you know, I wish I could say that when, when the world started in the 90s with all the new startups, I really believe that the internet was going to change the world and these new companies with new leadership and new thought process was going to change the world. But unfortunately, many of them ended up very similar to corporate America, which mm-hmm. is, you know, shitty maternity policies, um, you know, not great health care, um, you know, not allowing people to work um, virtually, um, not really caring about the diversity. Um, and so uh, I think they're finally waking up that they need to and we're starting to see it. But it kind of bummed me out that, you know, yeah. when everything started leaking out about the reality in these companies, that they became what they thought they weren't going to become. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, people don't let go of power. You have to go and take it. Mm-hmm. And so we are building an army of amazing, powerful women. And I think together, if we can cross-pollinate power across industries, across roles, we can go with our force and take that power. I agree. Well, thank you both for coming. Yeah. It's a great end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you to Lindsay and Carolyn for joining me on Positively Gotham Gal. And if you're interested in checking out Chief, head over to joinchief.com.